Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries at First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. It is such a joy to get to welcome people. We are going to reflect on baptism today. It's Baptism of the Lord Sunday. We've reaffirmed our baptism. We've baptized people. This is a great time to reflect on baptism. And we're going to start that by hearing these words from the Gospel of Luke. The people were filled with expectation, and everyone wondered whether John might be the Christ. John replied to them all, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than me is coming. I'm not worthy to loosen the strap of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The shovel he uses to sift the wheat from the husks is in his hands. He will clean out his threshing area and bring the wheat into his barn. But he will burn the husks with a fire that can't be put out. With many other words, John appealed to them, proclaiming good news to the people. But Herod the ruler had been criticized harshly by John because of Herodias, Herod's brother's wife, and because of all the evil he had done. He added this to the list of his evil deeds. He locked John up in prison. When everyone was being baptized, Jesus also was baptized. While he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit came down on him in bodily form like a dove. And there was a voice from heaven. You are my son, whom I dearly love. In you I find happiness. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts, our minds, and our eyes that you might see and know the word you have for us this day. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Why was Jesus baptized? It's one of those questions that people sometimes ask. It's certainly one of those questions in seminary we wrestle with, right? Why did Jesus have to be baptized? And if you go with kind of this dominant understanding, at least dominant in our general culture here in the South, that baptism is really for the cleansing of sins, then baptism for Jesus doesn't make any sense. Right? He is God. God does not need to be cleansed from sin. So it's very confusing to think that Jesus might need to be baptized for that reason. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Uh, So with that question in mind and knowing that we had just taught about baptism to to these wonderful young people that have laid claim to this faith, I wanted to look at each of the four gospel accounts of baptism. And I'm doing that also in light of this series that we're in, which is fully divine and fully human. And this is going to be one of those moments where we know that Jesus is the Son of God. So I think what, what baptism shows us And Jesus submitting himself to baptism shows us something deep about how we relate to God and how God relates to us. And so I think that's what's going to be instructive here. And I think it's these accounts of Jesus' baptism that are helpful for us in understanding that relationship a little bit better. Understanding how Jesus connects us to God through this moment. So there are... Four Gospels, basically three accounts of Jesus' baptism. The reason that I say three is because Luke and Mark agree quite a bit. Matthew is different. John is different. And let me first say, don't let that throw you. Um, There's a reason we have four Gospels. 
four Gospels give us an overall good general witness to the truth. Um, But just like if you all walk out of here and I interviewed you on what happened in worship, you would all have a different description of what happens. We, it's, it's the reality of being witnesses. We see things differently, and I think God intends for us to see that because in all of the witnesses, there is truth. And so let's talk about these, these roughly three accounts of Jesus' baptism. And, and we have here the one from Luke. Like I said, Luke and Mark are very similar. If we look straight at those two accounts, we would think that Jesus was baptized out of peer pressure, Right? When everybody else was getting baptized, Jesus got baptized too. Well, we can't really... This is a central part of our faith, right? We just celebrated this in Mass. It's not really a good reason. You know, yeah, we all just do it together because we do it together, right? Um, but what, what it does tell us, I think, about what, what Ma- uh, Mark and Luke do tell us, it's very interesting in what happens to Jesus as Jesus comes up out of the water. God speaks to Jesus. Not to the whole crowd. God speaks to Jesus. God says, you are my son. You are my son. And you bring me happiness. It's a very personal, individual account. And in many ways, it's understood as that individual adoption into the family of God. Now, Jesus was already the son of God. We know that. Likely, Jesus already knew that. But, but isn't it nice to have someone lay claim to you as family? To someone say, that's my daughter, that's my son. This, you are my son. It's, it's so wonderful. I, I can I remember the times vividly, maybe not every time, but I know I can remember moments when my dad, for instance, said, I love you. So, him taking the time to say that moment to lay claim to me in that moment, to say, you're mine, is powerful. And that's what happens in Luke and Mark, is Jesus gets laid claim to. You are my son. I love you. Jesus was always that, just like we're always sons and daughters of God. But we still need that moment. That laying claim moment. In the Gospel of John, it's really less about what happens to Jesus and more about what happens around Jesus as Jesus comes forward, right? It's John's reaction to Jesus. John says, this is the Lamb of God. He is the one. He's the one that brings the Holy Spirit, who brings the fire. John declares that to his almost to his own detriment because he loses followers, right? John, John says, you should be following him, not me. Follow him. And people do start following him. It, it's John's public dec- declaration. This is the Son of God. I, he's the one. That's the one we should all be following. It's less about Jesus in that moment and more about how John reacts to Jesus in this space. John witnesses to that transformation, that power. Then in Matthew, Matthew's the one place where, where we seem to get an explanation for Jesus' baptism. Jesus says, I need to do this to fulfill all righteousness. 
to, because he knows it's the will of God to have this moment, to, to be in this space, to be alongside the people and to be doing the work of God and have the work of God um, exhibited in his life, right? Fulfill all righteousness. And in that one, God says, this is my son telling you all, telling everyone that's gathered, this is my son and this pleases me. That my son is doing my work. Is doing the good that I have called him to do. See this. Live this. This is an example for you to follow. So I've been thinking about those, those three different accounts and those three realities and how well they map onto our understanding of faith. We have gotten to talk, obviously, over the past few months with the confirmands about what is, what is important about the Christian faith in general, but then what is specific to Methodism. And specific to Methodism is our understanding of grace. And our understanding of grace, I think, is, is aptly reflected in the vows that we all just took. So let's, let's think about that. We remember we, have, we understand that grace is God's loving presence in our lives, no matter who we are, no matter where we are, whether we claim faith or not, God is lovingly active in our lives. And then we understand three kind of pieces to that in our own faith journey. The first piece is provenient grace. And provenient grace means that God loves us before we ever respond. That God has laid claim to us as a son and a daughter. Whether we ever respond to that or not, God's love is present in our life and God names us and God claims us in that family. Just like in Luke and Mark, right? When God says, you are my son, God does the same for us. You are my son, you are my daughter, you are my child. You make me happy just by being you, just existing. I love you. You're mine. That's provenient grace. Then when we realize that and accept it and then proclaim the power of what Jesus has done in our life and lay claim to that, when we say, yes, Jesus Christ is my Lord. I do want to follow Jesus. That is the Lamb of God. That moment is justifying grace. When we step into that and accept that relationship mutually, we know God loved us. Now we've responded to that love. Just as John said, that's the one. That's who we should be following. That's our moment as well. And then, once we've done that, we then commit ourselves to a life ordered around God. A, a life in which we seek God's good. In which we seek to be those transforming agents in the world. In which we seek to act the way God calls us to act, that's for us is sanctifying grace. That's that long life journey of living in all righteousness. Fulfilling the righteousness that God has called us to do. Just as we get in that account in Matthew. And honestly, in those vows that we just all affirmed or that they took. Now, I'd order them differently. Now that I've had this, Methodist Church, you hear that? We need to change the hymnal. (laughs) 
and order these differently. But I would say that do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? That's an acknowledgement of living differently than the world, of being part of a different family than the world's family, of, of being part of that family of God. You're going to be outside of evil. You're going to be in the good. You're going to be part of that reality. And then do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior? Put your whole trust in His grace and promise to serve Him as your Lord. Yes, He is the Lamb of God. I lay claim to that. This is my moment. Yes, I do believe in Jesus Christ. And then, having accepted that, having acknowledged that I am part of the family, having taken that gift, having laid claim to it, I'll accept the freedom and power God gives me to resist evil, injustice, and oppression. I will work for the transformation of the world. I will be part of the people that bring the reign of God into reality. I will do the good that God calls us to do. I will fulfill the righteousness that God has laid on my heart. I will live the way God has called me to live. We Methodists have a very deep understanding, I think, of baptism. That baptism, as Jesus experienced it and as we experience it, encapsulates the whole of our faith in that moment. It is both representative of the love that has already always been there and a moment that we lay claim to that. And a challenge to live as the baptized moving forward. It's not just this day. It's why we renew it and reaffirm it. Because it's a lifetime of living as the baptized. So today, as these young people have done, as they have laid claim to that faith, and as we have reaffirmed that faith, Let us remember that we are the people called to righteousness. That we are the people called to witness to the power and transformation of Jesus Christ in our lives. And we are that people because we are beloved sons and daughters and children of God. Beloved sons and daughters and children of God in whom God finds all Happiness. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.